Yes. Oh, thanks. Thanks. I'm, I'm microphone shy. I'm sticking that right in your face. Yes. Right. Sorry about that. Okay, you have my consent. We <laughs> appreciate that. I appreciate that. Hi, everybody. Hi. <laughs> we're, we're doing the technical stuff now that the show's already underway. Oh, yeah. Will that work? Yeah. That yeah, sounds good. I think it'll be fine. You sound amazing. <laughs> Thanks. Everyone, this is my co-host Kit, and yep. they use they he pronouns. Yes, and this is my co-host Dave, who is using they she pronouns. This is correct. Yes, she is. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was just telling Dave, I love when people update their pronoun sets. It makes me so happy. Uh, it, it's weird how it happened. I was at the... Um, January meeting of P flag yesterday, mm. and when everybody was going around the table introducing name and pronouns, I something happened and they she popped out of my mouth. Hell yeah! Like, okay, Hell sure, yeah. sure. I love it. I love it. There you go. Ah, <laughs> oh, so there's your there's your big update for the day, <laughs> listeners. Um, so Dave. There's a there's something sitting out in, out in front of your house there, right now. There is there is that also happened during the P flag meeting uh, last night. Mm-hmm. Sarah Joe, the president of P flag, has long um, promised me this beautiful trailer. That's why the tra- the traveling trans trailer that I've been working on is a trailer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Sarah Joe uh, offered that probably 48 hours after I put it out to the universe last year. Amazing. And she's been graciously sitting on it on her property since then. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah. So shout out to Sarah Jo. Um, I'm about to like generalize for like lesbians, but that does feel like a very lesbian thing to just like have hanging out. Yeah. Like, oh, I have this spare trailer. And it's already wired for electricity too. Of course it is. Yeah. yeah that's incredible. <laughs> I love that. It is in top notch shape. It's just gorgeous. Uh, it's like 12 by eight, mm-hmm. totally enclosed, waterproof. She used Hell to yeah. keep all of her construction gear in there. <laughs> thousands of dollars of gear in there so cool of, of course yes i love it i love and, it and, and all the love to sarah joe for um just hounding me on this not kindly <laughs> kindly poking me on like hey this is ready whenever you're ready and, yeah. and the last one was like right as i was headed into christmas season and i said please let us wait until after santa season give me is a over. month <laughs> give me a month like just uh, when does santa season start for you uh, early November. Yeah. Yeah. That's usually when I start bleaching the beard mm. and getting, like, I'll have the earliest request if I do any TV or mm-hmm. photo shoots or anything like that for commercial. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have had those start as early as, like, mid-October. Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. You know what's so funny is I had actually, like, your face looks so natural without your beard that I had actually completely forgotten about your beard until you said that. <laughs> I'm getting so much more accustomed to seeing it in the mirror every mm-hmm. morning. It just makes me so happy. Good. Uh, yeah, I'm very happy without I'm so that. Happy for yeah. you. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Yay. And um, for our listeners who, you know, I have to keep reminding myself that this is not a visual medium, <laughs> but Dave is also wearing some eye makeup today, and it looks really good. Oh, and you're I, so I sweet. wish you guys were here and could see it because um, it's fabulous. Super simple, but yes, yeah, so just a little to make me feel pretty. Just. Well, and I think that little pop, that little simplicity, like when I still wore makeup, I often defaulted to just a super simple because it makes your eyes just go. Yeah. So. I want to get my nails done, but trailer first, and I really don't think I need nails while yeah. I'm moving a bunch of stuff around the trailer. Yeah. Work first. Yeah. Then nails. So on the agenda for the rest of the day today is actually loading all of the clothes that are currently in my storage unit into that beautiful trailer. Exhausting. Uh, no, I'm so excited. <laughs> I can't wait to be completely knackered at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah. The good kind. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the good kind of knackered. That's the like, I've put in a hard day's work of what I want to be doing. Yeah. Kind of tired. It will also be nice to reclaim my storage unit. Like, there's not <laughs> <laughs> room for my Christmas decorations right now. All the Christmas mm-hmm. decorations are piled in the garage, mm-hmm. uh, needing to go back to the storage unit, but it's currently full of clothing. Like, literally, Kit, hundreds of thousands, or not hundreds of thousands, <laughs> hundreds of pounds of clothes. Hundreds of pounds. I don't have a good idea of how many clothes that is, but that's a lot. It's a lot. <laughs> yeah. I'm so excited. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so cool. Uh, for those of you who aren't aware what the Traveling Trans trailer is, a little background on that. Uh, 
Um, Last year, I just opened my mouth and said, I want to be able to provide gender-affirming clothing for the queer people of our community here in Central Oregon uh, for free. I have no idea how to do that or how to get started or what that entails or, or what it is, but I want to do it. I know it needs to be done. Go. Go. And, and literally in 48 hours, I had the trailer mm-hmm. and promises for clothing and clothing and clothing. It keeps coming in the mail. Mm-hmm. Um, John over at Somewhere That's Green fielded all of my donations for the, the holiday season. Mm. Um, I need to reach back out to the Pretty Pussycat. They have also promised to work with me on that. And now, of course, PFLAG wants to do whatever they can to nice. promote it. That's awesome. I, I'm just so excited. Yeah. Uh, we're, we're just so much closer to the first pop-up shop. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's like real, real now. Real, real. Real, real. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. So that's my, been my little pet project. I was just trying to get through the end of the year last year, and now this thing's going full steam. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell yeah. So uh, keep an eye out for that and for updates on that. That's going to be so cool. Yeah. And you were mentioning last time, I think, that the big thing that you would need now are, like, people to help with the pop-ups. Like, people to help with yeah. sort of that organization and helping people, like, find clothing and stuff like that. Yeah, so. and I, I want to kind of match people with people as well. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that all body types are comfortable being consulted on clothing for their body types. Mm-hmm. And there's so much that I can do and there's so much that others can do. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think that's important. Um, by the way, just uh, a little shout out to Tomboy X. I'm coming at you. Mm. I'm coming for you. I want binders. Mm. And I know you got them, and mm-hmm. I know how to get them from you uh, as a tax write-off now. Hell yeah. Yeah. Hell so yeah. let's talk, Tomboy X. Yeah. And speaking of binders, just for all of our binder wearing listeners out there, use some caution if you're looking at purchasing binders right now. I know that GC2B is going through some quality issues with their binders and there have been a lot of questions lately about the safety of their binders so just be super super aware Mm -hmm. they've been the big name in binding for a long time and this is the second time this has come up so just exercise some caution if you're shopping for a new binder or if you're stuck in a GC2B and you feel like it's not fitting right and you are experiencing pain after limited wear like let's maybe try to get you into another binder yeah yeah cool (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> that came up the other day, and I went, Ooh. Oh, yeah, no, that's Ooh. not good. No, I have one. It doesn't work very well. No. <laughs> but it's, uh, at least it's not too tight. Like, it's not hurting me. It just doesn't work. One of the favorable things that I've heard about the Tomboy X binders is not necessarily their binding strength, mm-hmm. necessarily, but the fact that they are very discreet for um, yes. our youth who may not necessarily want something that appears to be a binder. Yes. They look an awful lot like a sports bra. Yeah, that's. I have one from. I feel like it's Body Works, but I would have to actually look. But it just looks like a black tank top. Mm-hmm. That's all it looks like. Yeah. So yeah, discreetness is very important <laughs> for a lot of us. Yeah. So that's important. Also, they make uh, soft tuck underwear too. Mm-hmm. So I want mm-hmm. some of that in yeah. the, in the traveling trans trailer. Absolutely. As well. Um, sometimes just a lovely pencil skirt needs a lovely soft tuck to it. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. You don't have to go all out with duct tape, but you know, Mm -hmm. um, side note, don't use duct tape. Don't use duct tape. Don't fucking ever use duct tape. I don't want to ever hear about that. No, don't use duct tape. For those of you who are binding, do not use ace wrap. I'm sure we've all heard it, (laughs) but safety first. Yeah. Because if you suffer a binding injury or a tucking injury early on, it's really hard for you to continue to bind or tuck, and sometimes it's impossible. So don't get overzealous. Don't get DIY with it unless you have done your research and know what you're doing. Like, yeah. please be careful. Yeah. Those drag queens who are telling you to use duct tape, it's safe. <laughs> don't know what they're talking <laughs> no, no. about. <laughs> no, don't, don't put tape on your skin, like, unless it's medical tape yeah. and you don't have an adhesives allergy. Just don't put tape on your skin it's a good rule of thumb it's a good rule of thumb uh, wow i didn't know we were going to go there today safety safety, safety first. first safety first that. unless you're at burning man then it's safety third but <laughs> well <I> mean, <laughs> at least have a, a, a safety word yes yes safe words always all right 
<laughs> little catch up. How you doing? Kit? Little catch up. I'm doing really well. Um, I've had a couple of life changes uh, <laughs> in the last week. Um, I'm a little more sedate than usual because for the first time uh, in a long time, I tried a medication that did not work for me. <laughs> um, so our listeners know by now I am ADHD. I wasn't diagnosed until pretty like late. Uh, I was diagnosed at like 27. Yeah. Got on Adderall. Worked pretty well. There are some side effects I would rather not have, but you know it um, was definitely a game changer for me. And then recently we tried to switch me to Vyvanse, um, which is kind of one of the like big, like people love, a lot of people really love Vyvanse. It's the most recent ADHD medication. It's a little less methy. Supposedly, yeah. for some people. Yeah. Um, which like, I'm fortunate in that Adderall doesn't make me twitchy, it doesn't make me anxious. It, I don't have any of that with Adderall. I used to grind my teeth and it gave me so, yeah. like horrible headaches from that. The Vyvanse has been giving me headaches wow. um, and making me paranoid. I haven't slept in like two weeks. It's been a whole thing. Making my feet sweaty, oh, which, no. <laughs> which has been nasty. That's... Um, and I did some research and what it looks like is it's probably a dosage issue. I'm probably on too much, mm. but... There's been this whole insurance mix-up where I have a new insurance. They approved the Vyvanse because they thought it was an old medi- They thought it was an old prescription, so they approved it without prior auth. And then they let me know after seven days on it that they wouldn't give me prior auth for it, and they needed me to try Ritalin first. And I was like, okay, so I was going to have to do a month of Vyvanse and then switch to a month of Ritalin and see if that worked, and then switch back to Vyvanse. Um, and so if I wanted to experiment with my Vyvanse dosage, I would have to go on Ritalin first and then mess with the dosage. And I'm not at a point in either my personal or professional life where I want to be bouncing around different medications right now. So I was like, let's just, can we just go back to Adderall? Like, I'm so fed up. <laughs> oh, no. I was going to try to push through the month because they say, you know, get through a month and the side effects do often lessen. And at this point, I'm like, I no, <laughs> I'm not going to do that. So... Um, I've been very, very fortunate in that for most things, the first medication I've tried for something has at least worked Mm -hmm. and then has enabled me to like change the dosage or switch to something more effective. Um, but I've never had a medication that like right off the bat, I was like, wow, I hate this actually. (laughs) Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um, I'm in the process of switching stimulants. I'm sorry you're having to go through the brain chemical uh, <laughs> hoedown. It's been wild. Yeah. This has been wild. And, like, it's fine. You know, we know Adderall works well enough. Yeah. So, I'm going to try that. And then maybe by next slow season, I'll be ready to, like, trial the Ritalin and try Vyvanse again. Um, but, yeah, in the meantime, it's Adderall all day, baby. <laughs> the the one that oddly worked for me, I was a part of a, um, a clinical study at the University of Utah back in the late 1990s. Oh, wow. Um, for Wellbutrin to treat mm-hmm. ADHD. And yeah. um, I could tell right away that I was not part of the control group. I was part of the, <laughs> the group who was met because it, I mean, it worked. It yeah. worked really well, and it worked uh so well, in fact, that after I was done with the clinical trial, I asked my doctor to prescribe it. Mm-hmm. Um, and fortunately, he did. Good. And I was on that for years. Uh, but like most things, when you're on them for years, they tend to fade in their uh, efficacy. Yeah. And I noticed that a lot with that. And if I took my dose much higher, I was at risk for seizures. Oh. That's what that medication does Yikes. at high doses. So yay. <laughs> yeah, no. I chose not to do that. And then um since then I haven't been on pharmaceuticals for quite some time. Yeah. Until recently. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um I, there was a reason that we're recording today instead of yesterday. <laughs> yeah, yep. Um, yes there is. <laughs> I got a picture yesterday. <laughs> it was lovely. I had such cool terminator sunglasses. Yeah, it was actually a very cool picture. But yeah, I was like, "Hey, are we still recording today?" <laughs> And then Dave said... <laughs> I said, this is me in the dentist chair right now. <laughs> My face was so numb. I had actually uh, just 
got done with the dentist, yeah. so that was from earlier. Yeah. Um, but yeah, had, uh, the weekend is a really shitty time to have a, a tooth abscess on Ugh, you. Ouch. Yeah. Ouch, ouch. And, and not have a previous dentist of record to whom you can turn for an emergency. Because <laughs> they all want to be like, if you're a patient of record, then we'll take your emergency call. But otherwise, yeah. you know. Yeah, otherwise you're fucked. Yeah. So I finally found a dentist who was gracious enough to phone in a prescription for amoxicillin. Mm. <laughs> so I've been doing the... Jeez. Oh, yeah. Are they going to, like, did you have to get it removed? Do you so, have to get it removed? So what now? happened yesterday was I had only been on the amoxicillin for 48 hours total. Mm -hmm. Two full days of dosage. Um, and when they tried to numb up that area, there was still so much infection, they could not get me numb. Ugh. I kept feeling everything that they were poking around doing. So we just got me numb. Yeah. And then said, we'll do it in about a week once the <sighs> antibiotics have had a chance to take the swelling down. That sucks. So, yeah, plus I'm a, a ginger underneath all this pink and purple. Right. Um, and it just takes so much more to get us yeah. numb. Yeah, medications affect you differently. Tattoos affect you differently. Yeah. Yeah. Gingers are uh, a unique species. <laughs> God, it's <laughs> so true. I always used to think that was old wives' tale stuff. Mm -mm. And now they're like, oh, no, medically, we know now that if, if you have to go under for surgery, yeah. it's going to take a lot to get you there. Speaking of wives' tales, it's like that recent research about um, how much more likely you are to get sick if you're out in the cold, which I always thought was a wives' tale. You don't catch cold from being cold. Like, it's just, it's right. bullshit. Right. Like, we get sick from viruses <laughs> and bacteria. That's not how pathology we, works, We get Lattice. sick from animalcules, you know? Like, there's, we know this, but it turns out a recent study proved pretty conclusively that there's actually, the tip of your nose is a hugely important part of your immune response. And when your nose gets too cold, it doesn't work. So, while if you are just out in the cold and not exposed to any viruses or bacteria, you're not more likely to get sick. If you're out in the cold during COVID, RSV, and flu season, oh, <laughs> you geez. are significantly more likely to get sick if you let the tip of your nose get cold. Wow. Mm -hmm. I just don't need to go outside during the winter. <laughs> right. No. That's my excuse now. Just I have a inside. medical reason. I'm going to get a doctor's note. Perfect. Yeah. Davy cannot go outside. <laughs> She needs to stay in where it's warm. People would be like, is this fake? <laughs> is this a real doctor's salad? This is medical science. Davey, it, not allowed to go outside. Science, Gladys. <laughs> science. Don't, don't argue Gladys. with me. That's funny. Yeah, so yeah, bundle up. Wear your scarves. Get those cute scarves out of your closet. Right, wrap you them know. around your face. Mm -hmm. Nobody needs to see your, your, your beautiful, beautiful face. Yeah, yeah. Plenum. Plenum. I haven't said that in a while. <laughs> Um, it feels like a Tweety Bird word. It's it's Yiddish. <laughs> well, it well maybe Tweety Bird is Jewish. I mean, they, I don't know his life. I, I don't know. <laughs> my lovely my lovely friend and yours, Nancy, taught me punim mm -hmm. when we were cooking together uh, at the at the bed and breakfast. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's funny. Yeah, it's actually a very. It means a cute face. A cute face. Yeah, that's cute. Yeah. Um, more life update. Hi, mom. Uh, <laughs> so my mom recently um, went through kind of a time and a um, little bit of a trigger warning here. She did have to have her ancient, ancient cat euthanized who has been around since I was like 16, 15. Oh, I'm so sorry. Yeah. So he was an old guy. And it was just time, but I went with her to the appointment and um, she was introducing me to people at her vet clinic as her son, which is the first time in my presence, at least, that my mom has described me as her son rather than, you know, this is my child, this is my kid. Like, um, so that was a little spark of like, Oh, wow. In the middle of this really terrible situation. <laughs> so, yeah. We stand as a mom. Yes. Yes. Oh. Yeah. I so, love that. Yeah. Um, so, hi, mom. Sorry I'm talking about you on the podcast again. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I just wanted to just share that and to share, you know, it's been a long journey for my mom and I and for our kind of like shifting and changing relationship. And I don't think it'll ever stop being a journey for either of us because, you know, human 
experience. Right. <laughs> well, your experience hasn't come to an end, I would hope. Mm-mm. Yeah. No, no, I'm still figuring out so my shit. It will always be a journey. And there's one more update. <laughs> so again not a visual medium <laughs> no okay so what i'm looking at right now at first is kit's beautiful nails he's got the most amazing set of uh, we talked about this last time but right above the nails on the knuckles we have lost boy and a dagger and a little tiny dagger yeah. um so i had my old mentor andy beswick tattoo my knuckles and they're on still Monday. covered in cellophane yeah so Originally, we just put gloves over it, and then I got home, and, like, I have a nasty naked monkey cat who likes to rub himself all over my knuckles, and I have a dog who likes to lick my hands when I'm not looking. So you're not going to wear... So um, this is Saniderm. This is a sticky adhesive barrier that we put over fresh tattoos, um, and I'm actually going to change them tonight so that I have fresh ones for work tomorrow. So yeah that's awesome yeah i love it now i now i really have to be a tattoo artist forever <laughs> yeah you really do because now you know everybody else should employ you with those kind of tattoos on your knuckles exactly. you, you darn hippie yeah i was like well guess i can't ever go back to the fire department now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh yeah i still am not allowed to at uh what was was it market of choice that would not hire me because of the purple hair such an unusual store, right? What the fuck? You would have thought, yeah, that store. Y'all sell granola. <laughs> like y'all started in the Pacific Northwest. You know that, right? Yeah. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> y'all sell granola and tofu, yeah. like, and henna. <laughs> Doesn't matter, front facing or even back of house. You cannot have the multicolored hair. That's fucking the, ridiculous. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Now, of course, I'm going off of what this is maybe two years ago now. Okay. Well, Mock, I hope you've gotten your shit together. Right? Because that's not cool. No. <laughs> um, that's just baffling to me. Like, when I was working at a hospital, I had been working there for a while, and then the powers that be handed down a new no tattoos policy, no visible tattoos. And I went to my manager, and I was like, I will quit. Like, I don't, we work in the trauma bays, which are a million degrees. I don't want to wear long sleeves under my scrubs. I will quit. And I also had some facial piercings at the time. I think I had a nose ring, and I always had my septum ring flipped up, but I still had a nose stud. Yeah. And they, they, no piercings was part of it. And I was like, I, I will quit. Like, I will quit. I will quit. Um, yeah. And they ended up making an, exce- an exception for me because I was technically an independent contractor. So they couldn't, like, actually tell me what to do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But um, also meant I didn't have health insurance. But um, anyway, uh, I know that they ended up getting sued about it later like over not allowing people that even didn't have patient contact to have tattoos and so i think they ended up lifting the policy but man like catch up yeah catch up it Uh. literally doesn't matter it doesn't nobody cares like i have teal hair and i'm always getting stopped by women in their 70s going oh my gosh i wish i had the courage to do that and stuff like that like nobody cares it's like you you can do it yeah people people like it like people respond to it they think it's cute they think it's fun like managers who think and it's always like super out of touch like upper echelon folks in like much much upper management right but they always think it's going to affect patient contact it's going to affect you know like um client or customer contact and it doesn't people either like it or they keep their thoughts to themselves period yeah so that's that's truly been my experience and this is in fairly conservative central oregon right yeah like nobody nobody cares no (laughs) so stop making policies that stifle your employees you know it took starbucks what 30 years to let their baristas start to have visible i don't know how long starbucks has been open but like they only just a couple years ago allowed their employees to have visible tattoos wow like are you kidding me i believe there's a popular tire chain in town that still does not allow their employees to have beards I had forgotten about that. Stop it. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. Stop it. Let your employees express themselves. Good yeah. Lord. Yeah. It only does positive things for morale. <laughs> like, just stop it. Stop worrying so much about what other people are going to think about your employees and how they look. Like, stop. It's really, they stop just, it. they want to be treated fairly and with respect when they come into your business. That's all. Exactly. That's it. Like, I, I promise no one is going to walk in to get their tires changed and go, 
oh, that young man has a beard. I'm so offended. Like, chill. Have you ever been disrespected by any of the Spirit Halloween staff with colored hair and visible tattoos? <laughs> Absolutely not. They are the sweetest, most down-to-earth people in the world. Yeah. 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 It's like, it's going to be okay. <laughs> just, just let them do it. It's going to be fine. And like, yeah, it's crazy to me, this culture of like respectability. Yeah. That like somehow if you wear a suit and you're clean cut, you're less likely to be incompetent at your job, which has actually been the opposite of my experience. So, yeah. Um, let your employees dye their hair. I've had the comments from from many people, young and old, both in person and online, going, I wish I could be as true to myself as you are. Mm. And I and and it it baffles my brain until I think back to my traumas. Mm-hmm. Like I have to really kind of apply my my past traumas, like um, religious, etc., mm-hmm. um, patriarchy, <laughs> um, because I I just like the only like if you just stop caring about what other people think, you're allowed to be yourself. Yes. So. It, it's it's been that easy for me. I've just stopped giving a fuck about what other people may or may not think. Mm-hmm. I don't. It, I don't have, nobody has time for that. No. No, it's like um, people who, uh, and this has been a struggle for me. You sign up for a new gym, and you spend all your time worrying about other people and what other people think about what you're doing. Right. And with the exception of a very limited number of assholes. Nobody gives a shit what you're doing. No. Nobody's looking at how much weight you're lifting. No. Nobody's looking at how fast you're going on the treadmill. The only thing people think, if they think about you at all, is, wow, good for them. Right. That's it. Yeah. Uh, again, with the exception of a few notable assholes. And if you're one of those notable assholes, you should sit with that and figure out why it matters to you so much what other people are doing. You know, like, that's a them problem. When people are hyper-focused on what you're doing, that's a them problem, what not you, a you What problem. are you really at the gym for? Right. Are you there for you? Right. Yeah. So, yeah, nobody cares what you're doing. <laughs> nobody gives a shit. And that, if you can internalize that, that is the most liberating concept. Uh, nobody speaking, cares. <laughs> speaking, speaking of which, um, can I just give a shout out to uh, Katie Porter for just a moment? Mm-hmm. We, we love us a Katie Porter. Do you happen to see the photo of Katie Porter? With the book. Yes, with the book. <laughs> yes. Um, that, that is a good book. If I could recommend, mm-hmm. Katie Porter. In case you missed the photograph, uh, Katie was d- sitting there during the fourteenth, fifteenth, sixteenth, eighteenth time that the, we had to vote on the Speaker of the House. Uh, we won't get into that much more because it's. Ugh, I, I don't want to be nauseated the rest <laughs> of the podcast. Uh, but Katie Porter was photographed just sitting there on the Democrat side, reading the book, uh, "The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck." Mm-hmm. I've read that book twice. It's really good. It's it's not groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. You're not going to learn new stuff. It's chicken soup for the soul. It's you know it's all that stuff. It's just like don't sweat the small stuff. P.S. It's all small stuff. Sure. It's just a different package with a lot more fucks. Yeah, and that's that's something that I've noticed with my old, my previous therapist had me read a Glennon Doyle book, and I can't. It was it was the the autobiography. I can't remember what it was called, but. Um, the most recent autobiography, not the one she wrote when she was still married to a man. And a lot of it was shit that I know, (laughs) you know, like this isn't new for me, but when you package something in a certain way, it's going to resonate more with some people than it does with others. Yeah. Um, and so the more of those books that you can encounter, the more you'll internalize that message maybe. Yeah. And you'll hit one that like really resonates with you. It, yeah, it was a fun way to hear that message that we've been hearing for a long time about stop worrying about so much stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. You, know, you just take care of yourself. And it's just basically saying you have a finite amount of fucks to give and you need to dole those out in small portions because you can't give a fuck about everything. Mm-hmm. That's so true. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. 
and yeah, that's how we end up with burnout, right? Yeah. We care too much about too many things and we do too much and then we burn out and we get compassion fatigue or what have you. And then we're going, God, I'm a terrible person because I'm so burned out about all this stuff. Like, right. you got to protect your peace. Mm-hmm. You got to protect yourself. Yeah. yeah. So if you if you have a few hours of audio book listening time, uh, the author reads the book and he does a great job of it. And it's fun to read. And it's just a nice message to hear that you're uh, worth saving your fucks for. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Speaking of books, yeah, <laughs> I've been reading a series um, called The Wayward Children Series by Seanan McGuire. It's spelled S-E-A-N-A-N, Seanan. Um, and it's a fantasy series. It's a very queer forward fantasy series. Uh, and they're all novellas, so they're extremely short. They Love each it. take me like two hours to read. The audiobooks are only like four and a half hours long. They're great. Um and it's a series about like what happens when Dorothy comes home, what happens when Alice comes back oh, home. Oh, interesting. So it's a home for wayward children who have gone through the looking glass, who have fallen through these doors, who have spent years in some cases saving Narnia, saving these worlds, and then they get thrown back through the portal for whatever reason, they broke the rules, they got too old, whatever it is. And they have to adjust again. Welcome to regular world. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and it's extremely queer forward. The protagonist of the first book is asexual. There is a trans male character who is sort of like the assistant to the head of the school. There are lesbians. There are, I mean, there's, it's so broad. Uh, it's so broad. And each book has a different marginalized protagonist. Um, and they're just, they're fun. They're fun. They're easy to read. They're, they really connected with me. I really like this particular style of writing. It reminds me a lot of Charles DeLint, who also likes the series. <laughs> um, and yeah, I just, I recommend them. They're super fun and interesting. And it's really nice to see that kind of representation in fantasy. Love it. Yeah. Speaking of books. Speaking of books. <laughs> I have a list. Yes. Uh, of books that I will intend to, but probably not read this year. <laughs> okay. Uh, we won't talk about the ones that are still on the list from last year. Oh. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but I, fe- I, I was running, I realized I was um, building up way too many Audible credits and needed to go through some of them. Mm-hmm. So we have been shopping for this year's books. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the top of the list is The Light We Carry. Mm-hmm. By Michelle Obama. Mm-hmm. Totally loved her last book, so I can't wait to read this one. Yeah. Um, I was better last night by Harvey Firestein. Oh my God! Yeah, I didn't know that was even a thing. I didn't either, but thank <laughs> you, Audible recommendations. Cool. Uh, on that uh, same kind of queer note, love love that story by Jonathan Van Ness. Mm-hmm. Um. And then I found one, I, I was not familiar with the author or the book, but I wanted to read it. It was another um, audible recommendation, M to What the F. <laughs> so, Samantha Allen was the author of that book, and apparently it's about her journey um, transitioning. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Um, I thought I need a... A series. I haven't done nonfiction in a while. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, fiction. Sorry, I haven't done fiction. I was going to say that's all nonfiction. Yeah, that, I haven't done fiction <laughs> in a while. Here, here. We're going to take a break in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't done fiction in a while, and so I picked a series um, that starts with myth- Mythos mm. by Stephen Fry. Oh, cool. Yeah, cool. I, lo- I adore Stephen Fry. Mm-hmm. I've not read him. So mm-hmm. I'm kind of anxious to, to read Stephen Fry. And then one more, Norse Mythology by Neil Gaiman. Yes. So. Yes. Um, the, one th- <laughs> the one thing about Neil Gaiman's audiobooks, in my experience, is I love Neil. I've met Neil. I think Neil is an incredible person and an incredible writer. Um, lovely, lovely human. Uh-huh. <laughs> but, but Neil speaks so deliberately. 
that I have found that when I'm listening to his audiobooks, um, he's one of the only authors that I speed up to like 2.0 speed. Oh, okay. I was going to say, because I listen usually at like 1.25 to 1.5. I usually do too. That's my comfort level. And it was still too slow for me. I had to like bump it up even further because he speaks so slowly. And so he like tastes every word that he says, which is amazing and very engaging. But <laughs> after a few chapters of that, I was like, okay, okay. And then Frey did what? Like, yeah. So there is one more. Speaking of slow talkers, <laughs> it's a lovely British accent, mm-hmm. but it's 15 hours and 39 minutes of a slow talker. Good God. Uh, Spare by Prince Harry, the Duke of Sussex. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that one just came out uh, yesterday. I oh, believe. wow. Yeah, yeah, they've been doing a lot of yeah. talking. Talk. Oh, we know. About... Uh, the, the interview with Anderson Cooper mm-hmm. on 60 Minutes. He was on Colbert last night. Mm-hmm. Um, they had a big fanfare, uh, but it was not for him. It was for uh, Tom Hanks. Because, <laughs> you know. Right. Tom Hanks is royalty. Yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's so funny. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of curious, but I, I started just, I started the audio because I just wanted to hear if, it, you know, him reading his mm-hmm. book and he reads very slowly and deliberately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so those, those are my books that I might read this year, but maybe I won't. <laughs> I like it. Keep yeah. us posted. Okay. Yeah. Well, and we'll be back. And we'll be back. Welcome back. Our show is being executive produced uh, today by Minnie, the cat, overlooking the the whole thing from her cat tree. Just watching. Just watching. She's been like a little vulture, a little black furry vulture. And she didn't scream at me when I came in today. That was nice of her, wasn't it? That was nice. Yeah. Sometimes she demands attention and sometimes she allows you just to observe. Yeah. This time she very suspiciously watched as I put things on what I'm sure she thinks is her table. It's her house. Yes. Yeah. So she she did. She watched every single individual thing that I set down Uh and then she stared at them. She's like, I don't know if I trust him. Yeah. It's okay. (laughs) (laughs) She's got the sleepy eyes. But they look very distrusting, don't they? They do. They really yeah. do. Yeah. They She's, really do. I try, I, believe me, that's sleepy. That's not, I hate you. <laughs> Narrowed eyes. <laughs> so my my dog, I have yeah. a dog. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, I think, about two years old now. And she's a German Shepherd Collie mix. So she's extremely smart and also incredibly goofy in every way. And um, we feed our cat these, they're like dried minnows. Mm -hmm. They're like freeze-dried minnows. And he loves them. And um, every once in a while, I'll give her one. And it's very hit or miss to whether she'll eat it or whether she'll spit it out. So the other day, I let her outside and I gave her one. And then when I looked out 30 seconds later, she had spit it out and was rolling on top of it. just rubbing her entire like head and neck area on this dried out fish and then she ate it oh and then yesterday i gave her one with her dinner and i walked outside this morning and she had spat it out on the concrete and left it there (laughs) so (laughs) yep i i love trying to figure out animals um it's just it's an exercise in futility it is um but it's fun to try to do sometimes it is like why are you like this yeah mm-hmm. and 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 many yelling at at you for attention is one of those things sometimes yeah. she will just yell yeah um sometimes she will also yell to let you know she's peeing oh good she yells from the cat box that's funny she's been doing that since she was tiny kitten that's tybalt will sit quietly in front of the fire and then without turning to face us he'll meow <laughs> and I'm not sure w- what he wants because we respond, of course, and we talk to him. So maybe that's what he's looking for. But he's staring into the fire and he meows and we, you know, we talk to him mm-hmm. and then there's silence for a minute and then he meows again. But he never turns around to face us. It's still just back to the room. Just, yeah. Meowing. I, I realize you're talking to me, but I'm going to look at this fire. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That makes sense. There goes the executive producer. She's yeah. offended. Either that or she's going to go lay by the heater. Mm-hmm. That's an, also a possibility. That's exactly what's happening. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, predictable. 
So, Dave. Yeah. Tell me about lesbians. <laughs> <laughs> I love them. Yes. Yes. Um, there is a lovely um, history in center in the valley in mm. Eugene, especially that involves lesbian history. There's a long, long history of lesbians in Eugene. Um, in I, I wish I could say it as as well as as I've seen it said. So I'm trying to find in the 1960s to 1990s, hundreds of young women who identified as lesbians came to Eugene. They founded organizations central to the city and provided leadership for the community service agencies. They created lesbian magazines, photographs, music, film, dance, performances, theater, and art. They influenced Oregon's political landscape and contributed to the larger LGBTQ movement. Hmm. And now, the Natural uh, Museum of Natural and Cultural History at the University of Oregon has an exhibit that opens at the end of this month called Outliers and Outlaws, Stories from the Eugene Lesbian History Project. That's really cool. Um, it, do you know how long it runs for? Um, opening January 28th, it does not give a closing date <sighs> on their website. No. Yeah, so well, maybe it's... Maybe it's, it's a permanent per- exhibit. Yeah, maybe it is a permanent exhibit. That's awesome. Yeah. But the grand opening weekend is the 27th, 28th, and 29th. I will be out there the 28th and 29th. Um, and we'll be screening the documentary, Outliers and Outlaws, That's all so about cool. that project. Plus, there's a whole um, exhibit. That's really interesting. Um, Chase and I have been trying to figure out. That's actually our anniversary weekend. And we've been trying to figure out what we want to do. And I was thinking I was going to abscond with him to the coast, but maybe we'll pop over to Eugene and check out the exhibit, too. Yeah. That would be really cool. I'd love to have you. That would be amazing. Yeah. Um, All weekend long that weekend, but then, of course, the exhibit is ongoing. Mm -hmm. And it's really, it's, I, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea how instrumental they were in building, um, that part of Oregon and then our political landscape. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's, I've always thought of, like, Seattle as kind of the lesbian capital. Yeah. Um, just because that was kind of what it was when I was growing up. That was, like, where, it was, like, lesbian mecca, almost. <laughs> but um, it makes sense to me that Eugene would also sort of be positioned in that way. It's really interesting. Oregon has such a quiet queer history, I feel like. And it's, I think that's really cool that they're doing this exhibit because I'm sure there's tons of people like myself that just didn't know. Can I play as part of the trailer for the documentary? Absolutely. All right. Hopefully, it doesn't need to be too visual. Eugene, Oregon. Oh, are we closing our eyes? I think so. He looks like he has his eyes closed. Okay. This is the meditation part of (laughs) Jerry. So we're watching what appears to be older lesbians viewing a A meditation mindfulness video. Mindfulness video, yeah. Who are the seekers of the promised land? In the 1960s to 90s, Eugene, Oregon was known as the lesbian mecca. Lesbian mecca. Lots and lots of lesbians in Eugene. I quit my job and I moved to Oregon. (laughs) I did what we call the Great Dyke Adventure. It was 1977. We bought a VW bus and then we just took off across the country. I lived with a couple of other lesbians. Just found a home among lesbians in Eugene. We ended up in Eugene because it seemed like a good place to be for a lesbian because there were so many things happening. And so we got to create our own little world. Wow. Isn't that fun? That looks so interesting. Yeah, I had no idea. Uh, But yeah, the exhibit starts the end of this month. That's so cool. And are they screening the documentary all weekend or is that a particular... Uh, No, that that will be an ongoing part of the exhibit awesome yeah yeah i'll talk to talk to my partner and see kind of what we want to do with that 
The website is outliersoutlaws.uoregon.edu if you're interested. Awesome. Thanks, Dave. Yeah, I'm very excited about it, and I'm really grateful to University of Oregon for reaching out. Absolutely. So I will be there along with at Couple of Goofs. <laughs> if you follow at Couple of Goofs on TikTok. Awesome. You'll never guess, but those two are, are a couple, a couple of goofs. Of goofs. <laughs> Good. Good, so it's not false advertisement. It then. is not. It is not. They live up to their, their username. Good. Yeah. Good. Good for them. <laughs> No, I'm very excited. So awesome! Uh, lovely uh, plug for University of Oregon and the Museum of Oh, what is, that is a long name? The Museum of Natural and Cultural History. Yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. <laughs> There's a lot of university or museums on that campus. On that campus, yeah, yeah. yeah Got to specify. I got to present some research at U of O a couple of years ago, and it was queer centric research, and it was just such a cool experience. I really like U of O. Last time I was at U of O, I was there with your mother. Oh, yep. Yep. <laughs> uh, Lillian and I went and saw Avenue Q there. Yeah, that's been a while. That was pre-pandemic. Yeah, that's, yeah. Been, that's been a long time. <laughs> yeah. Did you guys also see Book of Mormon together? Was that? Um, did, did she go with us that weekend? Possibly. I think she did. Yeah. I there was a whole did. group of us. Yeah. Weirdos from Weirdos. Central Oregon. Recovered Mormons. Yeah. <laughs> Gosh. When I scream laughed at the part where the elders get undressed down to their garments, mm -hmm. everybody knew where the ex-Mormon missionary was yep. in the crowd. They yep. were like, that's them. That's up there. them. Oh, I heard it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. That was a great show. I like that one. Um, speaking of, of great shows, seen anything good lately? Uh, um, so my partner's latest special interest has been Star Trek, uh -huh. which I grew up watching yeah. and he did not. And so we just finished Lower Decks, which is their latest animated I series. I love Lower Decks. So we just caught up with that. And then we started watching Next Gen. Okay. And I hadn't re realized because I was too young when the first season, yeah, I wasn't even born when the first season came out. So I watched like the later years uh -huh. and reruns, but I had, <laughs> I had never watched the first season. It it's something in they're struggling yeah and they are it's very much like the ninth doctor's season of doctor who where uh -huh. they just weren't sure what kind of a show they wanted to be yet yeah so like where you know the ninth doctor season is all like poop and fart jokes um the first few episodes of star of star trek next gen are very like <laughs> sort of tacitly racist and um yeah, yeah it's it, it's very clear that they're trying to be like the original series 2.0 uh -huh. and it's not working yeah the um, right to, down to the cringy uniforms oof well see i like the first season uniforms a lot and at, something i noticed actually uh is that there are a few characters in the background who are um sort of more masculine in appearance but are wearing the dress. The dress. Yes, and I do remember that. Now that you've said that, yes. A lot of female characters, a lot of women characters are wearing the pants. Yeah. Um, which I love that implication there, which is that regardless of gender or presentation, you can choose which uniform you want to wear. Yeah. And remember, folks, this was 1987. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and apparently, um, I guess they kind of did away with that around season two yeah. or three. Yeah, but, but it was really nice to see. Yeah, and that's super cool Yeah, to see that. Um, and so, you know, it's a little rough. And then I've been having the original series on in the background while I'm drawing, like, tattoo flash and stuff. Uh -huh. um, and so that's been, that's been kind of fun, you know. It's I haven't sort of, revisited the original series in, in many years. That would be fun. They're super fun, and I watch them, you know, I watch it, like once in a while mm -hmm. sort of every four or five years i'll throw the original series back on and just kind of the movie i tend to return to over and over again though mm -hmm. wrath of khan yes <laughs> yeah it is it is ridiculous and campy now mm -hmm. but by it's... today's standards but it is so epically star trekian and and yes. just so very kirk yes and that i think that core of like sort of humanity that uh -huh that populates Star Trek as a whole is really apparent in that movie. Um, so yeah, we've just been watching a lot of Star Trek, which I don't do well with series. I can't hang on through mm. series. I get distracted and forget yeah. about it. And I still haven't finished uh, Gilmore Girls. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I got to like five, four, Yeah, somewhere around four or five. 
I don't know. That's exactly what I do. And I was like, yeah, I usually don't even, I'll get through like the first season. Yeah. And then I just totally peter out. I've done that with Doctor Who. Mm -hmm. Um, I I did uh, Tennant and Matt Smith's Doctors and then I was like uninterested again for a while. Yeah. And and that's not to say they have become poorly produced episodes. I just kind of faded onto other things. There's a lot of stuff to watch out there. Yeah. And it's hard for neurodivergent folks as well because, you know, it's, I think it's you either get really into it and hyper focused on it or it just doesn't hold your interest. And for me, there's not a lot of in between. It's like eating your favorite food until it's not your favorite food. Anymore. Exactly. Yeah. I'm doing that right now with um, bagels. Yeah. yeah. I lost fried eggs and English muffins. Ugh. I loved them. Like a nice runny egg and an English muffin with yeah. tons of butter. And I was like, that was my thing for a while. And I can't do it now. I'm, I hate I'm, eggs. Yeah. <laughs> I can't stand eggs. I'm on the oatmeal train again. I ate too many eggs, I think. Mm. And now I just can't stand them. No, I love them still. But I just, it's not like I try to, I go for breakfast and, and yeah. my brain goes, nah. No. I I have eaten a lox bagel every single morning for the last two weeks. Okay. Um, and some of it was because someone advised me that if you eat a high-protein breakfast, uh, Vyvanse works better. Oh, wow. So I quit caffeine, which I'd been wanting to do for a while anyway. So I quit caffeine and started eating lox for breakfast. Um, we'll see how long I can keep doing that before I get really sick of it and don't ever eat lox again. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> it'll be fine. I've been eating a lot of sourdough bread. Mm-hmm. I made a ton, and then I cut, I got feeling unwell, and so the couple of loaves that I had intended to deliver to other people mm-hmm. needed to be consumed by the household because there are no preservatives, and mm-hmm. so it's eat it or lose it. Yep. And I'm not about to throw away sourdough. No, no. <laughs> I love sourdough pancakes. Were always a, a classic thing in my family where we would go see my mom's dad. And the morning we were leaving, he would always make sourdough pancakes. And it was this like big to do. It was this big breakfast. Um, We would eat like probably a hundred pancakes and he would be in the kitchen like making more pancakes. And so there were always more pancakes coming to the table. And uh, I always perceived the Bay Area as a lot farther away than it is because we wouldn't get out of there until noon or one. And then we wouldn't get home until 10 o'clock at night. Yeah, it's eight, eight, nine hours. Yeah. Um, And so I always perceived it as being much farther because that drive took so long after you know you're weighed down by sourdough pancakes (laughs) not a bad way to hit the road though no no (laughs) and it's yeah it was it was always such a special thing so that's awesome yeah um shows that i intend to watch this week Mm -hmm. have you heard of rrr uh it's a Bollywood film. Okay. And and it's been getting a, a little bit of hype. I love Bollywood. And it's it's a little bit of a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I can't wait. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So I, I, apparently... Is it A-R-A-R-A-R no, like or three, the letter R? Three R's. Okay. Yeah, I believe. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look to make sure I'm not lying to people now because I misremember things every once in a while. No. And I don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> Yeah, there it is. RRR Hindi, um, and it looks incredible. Cool. I want. I want to watch it. Yeah, I'll maybe check that. It's a movie. It's not a show. Yeah. Cool. Movies. Movies and I are on. Speak. Oh my God! It's three hours long. It is three hours Holy long. Holy smokes! What streaming service is it on? Netflix. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, uh, yeah. Movies and I are on speaking terms. Whenever someone tells me to watch a TV series, I laugh. But movies, I can do. <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I watched um, Netflix's um, stand-up comedian kind of showcase for the year. Mm. They have like the highlights of their stand-up comedies mm-hmm. for the year. Did they invite loved- Dave Chappelle back again? Uh, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course they it did. was. It was on there. Hey, Netflix, <laughs> stop it! It's, it's Jesus. <laughs> um. Yeah, no, can't stand him. I'm no. also, I'm just, I'm done with Ricky Gervais. Yeah. I, like He's he, mean. He's just mean. Yeah, he's really mean. He's just mean, and he's mean to trans people, Ugh. and I just can't do that anymore. And that's such low-hanging fruit, yeah. too. Like, it's done. It's yeah. over. It's toast. Yeah. Stop. It's not funny anymore. So, yeah, it's, but um, there were some amazing uh, female comedians that I just, like, I fall awesome. in love with them every single time. Awesome. Yeah. That's Big so black cool. women, and I'll absolutely listen to them. Yeah. <laughs> I was just talking about Whoopi Goldberg's stand-up comedy in the 90s. Oh, my God. She had this, like, stand-up comedy special, and I don't remember a lot about it, but what I remember is that it was storytelling. Uh-huh. It wasn't 
joke after joke after joke. It was she was weaving these really complex stories. It was almost and a one woman show. She had characters that came out and told these stories. Exactly. So it was like it was like a one woman show yeah. where like it was so. I artful. remember that one. Um, that was a beautiful show. Yeah. 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 And I just had the realization the other day of like, was it really stand up comedy? It was more of like a show, really. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I just remember being really enchanted by it as as a little kid in the 90s. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I love Whoopi. She's so cool. Yeah. I'm really looking forward to her Star Trek character. Yes! <laughs> We're I gonna loved get her there. in Star Trek. It was amazing. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm kind of sad that she's not in Picard with the rest of them. Yeah. But I don't know how they do that. I think they... Did they... I don't remember. I don't remember what happened to her character. I don't, yeah, I don't remember. I mean, she lives forever. Right. So she could very well be at the, yeah. <laughs> the season end of Picard. Yeah. yeah, I don't remember. It's Star Trek is easy for me because it can be on in the background mm -hmm. and it sucks me in and it's not annoying and it's not too loud and it's not distracting. Um, I, it, a lot of shows are hard for me because my brain is in six different places at the same time. They used to be friends for me mm, until mm -hmm. the problematic parts of friends kind of surfaced. Yeah. It's like, oh, fuck. I have. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> I have a deep seated dislike of Jennifer Aniston. Andy, I'm so sorry if you're listening. Um, my old mentor is obsessed with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. I've. She's right. I've never liked her. And I don't know why. I don't know what my problem is, but it's like. Everything she's in, all I can see is Jennifer Aniston and not the character. And it's not her fault. Like, this is fully a me thing, I'm uh -huh. sure. But I just have this deep-seated dislike. I don't... It's so weird. And I feel bad about it because she's, you know, I'm sure she's a lovely person. She's yeah. in a lot, like, yeah. whatever. But, yeah, I see her and I'm like... <sighs> like, I've actively avoided movies to avoid Jennifer Aniston. So, I tried to catch the series with her and Reese Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. Whether they were like a network morning show, huh. like yeah, like kind of like the Today Show, but okay. it's net yeah, it's the two of them, huh. and you know Jennifer's the senior, you know, okay. bitch in charge or whatever. Sure. <laughs> but all I could see when, when I was watching that show is like, well, that's just mean Rachel, right? That's just like mean conceited Rachel, <laughs> like oh, like yeah. Daddy got her, his hands into her again hmm. after she and Ross finally broke up when he came out of the closet. <laughs> I uh, I love Courtney Cox. Yeah. I love Scream. Yeah. Like Courtney Cox and Scream is one of my favorite things I, of all I time. Love, my um, the only um, Bruce Springsteen video I will watch is Courtney Cox <laughs> up there dancing in those jeans, in those '80s jeans. That's so funny. I don't know why. As a kid, I fell in love with her ass. That in those came jeans. up. That came up at the shop recently. No, really? I was tattooing a mom, and I had tattooed her kiddo, like, the week before, and we were doing just, like, matching family tattoos. And uh, that album came on, and um, they made a comment about, like, wow, you have a bunch of, like, different music on here. Um, and I was like, yeah, I knew we were just shooting the shit. And the mom told me about that Courtney Cox video and about that being, like, her big break. Yep. It was. And I was like, what a weird way to get your big break. Like Bruce Springsteen pulls you up on stage at right. MTV. Like, So there was an episode of Friends uh, where they, uh, Ross and Rachel were going to get to be on Dick Clark's Rockin' Eve and do a routine. And it was okay. a whole thing. But it was kind of loosely based on, on her getting her break. That's so funny. By being pulled up on stage wow. by the boss. That's crazy. <laughs> That's crazy. Yeah. Huh. There you go. There we go. Yeah. Now now my background show is Rick and Morty. Yeah. Rick and Morty is a really good one for that. It's, um, it's way smarter than a lot of people who watch it for the surface content. <laughs> Zing. <laughs> <laughs> I think I wubba-lubba-dub-dubbed earlier this morning. Actually. Really? Yeah. I, 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 I may have said that. We've been on uh, hunt me, hunt me, somebody hunt me. That's been just like a phrase in the house lately. Ours, ours has been... Our, are you doing a diehard right now? <laughs> <laughs> it's so, it's such a, it's such an interesting show. I, there is one, I can't remember which season it is, but there's one season that's just really mean and I don't like watching it because <laughs> I'm like, this is just mean. But I really liked the most recent season. Yeah. Quite a bit. Yeah. I, I kind of enjoy watching that one just for the, uh, the chaos. Yeah. I love it. Chase has to pin me down. He's like, hey. 
we're watching an episode of Rick and Morty, and I'm like, fuck, okay. It's one of our house shows. The roomies and I will, will mm-hmm. actually like, hey, everybody want to watch Rick and Morty? Cool, yeah. cool, cool. Uh, but we're also doing that with Jeopardy. Okay. Which okay. has me concerned about the age of our household. Yeah. I don't think we're as cool as we used to be. We love Jeopardy. I mean, it's good. But <laughs> my grandparents, Homer and Helen, uh-huh. H&H, yeah. also known as G&G for mm-hmm. Grandma and Grandpa, uh, they had matching, they had like matching but not really matching recliners, you know, his and hers uh-huh. recliners. Yeah. yeah, I know those. Um, and they Archie would watch, and Edith's chair. Exactly. Yeah. And now Chase and I have some. We call them Grandpa and Grandpa chairs. Uh-huh. Uh, and every single night they would watch Jeopardy. If you called them at seven o'clock, you could hear Jeopardy in the background. Oh yeah. When family was visiting, it didn't matter. That was the routine. Every single night they would watch Jeopardy and then they would watch Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. Every night. My parents, mm-hmm. um, it was just always a thing. And then when they separated, they both continued to like be obsessed with the show individually. <laughs> it's like you could go to either of their houses and they were right. still watching. Like dad watched it until the day he died. Wow. Um, when I went back for um, Thanksgiving last year, mom was having like sisters and I watched Jeopardy with her because <laughs> there was a guy that was on a huge winning streak at the That's time. Funny. It's I think it's more fun with other people. Yeah. Like, I don't like watching it alone. No. But I love watching it with other people because then I get to show off how smart I am. So what I um, what I've uh, started doing is every once in a while I'll watch Jeopardy on my YouTube TV account, um, and then be like, the, the, the roomies will be like, "Hey, want to watch Jeopardy?" I'll be like, "Hell yeah!" And then I like get all smart on them. And they're like, "Dave, you're on fire today!" And you're like, "Yeah, totally." Yeah, so so on fire. Do the roomies listen to the podcast? Yeah. Hi guys. Hi. <laughs> That's I'm not gonna do that funny. anymore. That's funny. after after maybe tonight. This will be the last night. <laughs> this publishes like later tonight, That's so they won't so listen to funny. it for a couple days. Oh my gosh! <laughs> wow, I like that. I like that uh, we have separate YouTube TV accounts, and mm-hmm. so it doesn't show played on Patrick's <laughs> right. account. And... Right. That's funny. <laughs> So there you go. It's our television and media roundup for today. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. What's what's the gayest thing you've watched recently or or seen recently? (sighs) I watched uh, Eugene Lee Yang's interview about um, having to get ready for the Met Gala in less than a week. Mm. Um, And I mean, it was very gay by virtue of Eugene is gay, and uh, it was it was fascinating. It's from a while ago. I've been catching up on all the try guys I've missed over the last couple years. and I think I'm finally caught up on everything, but Eugene was invited to the Met Gala with like seven days to prepare. Um, And so all of the stylists were busy. All of the nail techs were busy. Like everyone was busy. He couldn't find an outfit. Like it was a whole thing. His regular stylist was like on tour in Europe or something. So it's just this, it's this fascinating interview with him about scrambling to get ready for the, like the biggest deal fashion and media thing that's like not an awards show in the country. Um, and the way it comes together is just is fascinating. And they also interview his longtime partner. I think his name is Matt. Um, and, and Eugene's like, I didn't cry. And Matt's like, he cried all the time. You know, and so we'll like cut back and forth between the two of them. Um, so that's probably the gayest thing I've watched recently. Uh, I'm trying to think what the gay has. Like, I've watched a couple more episodes of We're Here. Because mm-hmm. every time I feel like, you know, just abusing my eyes and crying yeah, nonstop, yeah. I'll watch that. Yeah. Um, I watched, oh God, there was a, there was a show on Netflix. Um, when I was going through the abscess tooth thing, I was just trying to find any distraction to watch anything. Yeah. I watched this ancient apocalypse, which I thought was going to be really cool about like a civilization that may have occurred near the end of the ice age, mm-hmm. like an advanced civilization. Back when we thought all of our ancestors were still hunter gatherers, maybe there were a couple of like places on earth where these advanced civilizations ex- existed. And I'm like, I'm re- really interested in hearing this. And I watched the trailer and I'm like, oh yes, yeah, gentleman has a British accent and wears white shirt and walks around in the ancient areas and talks about things like very educatedly so I started listening and everything that he was saying was was well science will tell you this but well archaeologists say this but what if <laughs> and I got through three episodes and I'm like I'm listening to like uh, like 
QAnon for archaeologists or right. something. It's like, what if, what if a lot of things? It's I, I don't trust any, like documentaries like that anymore like no. i have to look it up ahead of time and see what people have to say about it before i'll trust a documentary like i that. made the mistake i trusted a a british sounding white man no that's the <laughs> least trustworthy demographic david attenborough has my trust I david trust attenborough is the notable exception well, i thought this was just archaeology's david attenborough yeah. i was sadly mistaken yeah so don't watch that don't but no, I think the gayest thing I've been watching recently is just drag queens. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's we're fair. here. Yeah. Yes. We're trying to figure out what Davy's new drag look is going to be mm-hmm. without the beard. Because I've done bearded drag, but I have not done unbearded drag. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. what that might be. That'll be interesting. Looking for inspiration. That's part of why I haven't been doing Refusing drag. to watch RuPaul. Yeah. <sighs> I just cannot. I cannot. Ugh. So much drama. I've had so many. <laughs> I have so many people. Like straight people, well-meaning straight people, mm-hmm. love you guys. Yes. Um, but a lot of people will like find out that I'm queer, find out that I'm trans, and they'll go, "Oh, do you watch RuPaul's Drag Race?" Yeah, and I'm like, "Yeah, right." No, <laughs> I don't actually. There's a lot I hate about it. Um, I'm really glad if you watch it and like it, and if it makes me appear more human to you. I love many but... of the queens from that show. Right. Yeah, love them. Yeah. Don't like the show. No. no. And I just don't really like RuPaul. I think RuPaul has said some really shitty things over the years. Yeah. And has his head kind of far up his own ass in terms of like allyship um so we've been hoping that he's getting better yeah some days yeah some days yeah and i always hope that for people like regardless of what you've done or said in the past like i do believe that people can you know get well soon um but that doesn't necessarily mean that i want to be along for the ride like get better and then i'll come back right uh but in the meantime fucking traitor (laughs) Mm. god he makes me so mad Uh, what an asshole (laughs) yeah that kind of shit yeah like get well soon i'll be back when you get better also like this might be kind of heretical but i've always felt like john mulaney's comedy is really mean like he's he's mean yeah but he's mostly mean to himself which i'm okay with right and that's true (laughs) and it's not that he punches down it's that he just says like kind of really mean things and i just i don't vibe with that as like comedy you know i like i like jabuki i like i like really light-hearted like kind comedy really um (laughs) yeah and i don't know yeah it's you know i had seen all of john mulaney's skits and stuff and I you know I liked them Mm -hmm. but I never sought him out really um, because of that yeah and yeah I just yeah get better get better soon yeah Um, but in the meantime um, there are so many like good queer comedians out there and there's so many like people that are doing the work and and rising through uh, the ranks of comedy that are like from the queer community, from the trans community. It's been really cool to watch. I'll bring, maybe I'll bring a list of yeah, people yeah, next time. Because I'm trying to remember, there's a couple that I've seen as well, but I can't mm-hmm. remember. And if, if I do the search now, I will, you will lose me. Yeah. 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 So, so let's bring that for next one. Absolutely. I have a few in mind, but I know at least one of them has changed their name recently. So I need to figure out what that is before I recommend them. Gorgeous. So, Love it. Yeah. Queer comedy coming up on the next episode of Two Pans in a Pod. <laughs> My name is Dave. Mm-hmm. This is my co-host, Kit. Hey. They use they-he pronouns. Yes, and Dave uses they-she pronouns. Yes. And you can find Dave at I am Dave Felton on everything. And mm, I wrote that down last week. Yes, you did. Yeah, and it's all new, so uh, you have to remind me. Yes, you can, you can find, find me on Instagram at Kit's a Beautiful Day. I'm Kit. It's a Beautiful Day. And uh, that's really it. Well, you can find his cat on Instagram as well. Yes, at More Than Prince of Cats with periods between the words. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) Our beautiful theme music composed by the beautiful Rumi Patrick Pearsall, The Hurricane. The Hurricane. Thank you so much for listening, guys. We'll see you next time. Bye.